You see this comment? A lot of black folks are going to be upset when I say this. But I like this. At least, at least be creative. Ooh, I love the old names. Oh, Moon Cricket. Some real authentic racist language. Not the copy-paste N-word. The old names. Yes. Moon Cricket. You would have to be an elite racist to know that lingo right there. As we used to gather out in the night and sing old Negro spirituals during the full moon. Thank you, sir. Thank you for showing your compadres how it's really fucking done. Because they're all posers. But you're the real deal. I hate the fact that it's cool to be black these days. Good. I hate this hip-hop fucking influence on white fucking suburbia. Good. And I hate Tabitha Soren and all her Zionist MTV fucking pigs telling us we should get along. Save the rhetorical bullshit, Hillary Rodham Clinton, because it ain't gonna fucking happen. Open our eyes. Every night, thousands of these parasites stream across the border. Over two million illegal immigrants bedding down in this state tonight. million dollars just to lock up a bunch of illegal immigrants, criminals. There's nothing funny going on here. This is about your life and mine. Statue of Liberty, it says, give me your tired, you're hungry, you're poor. Well, it's Americans who are tired and hungry and poor. And I say until you take care of that, close the fucking book. Going on, and I don't see anybody doing anything about it. And he fucking pisses me off. This isn't our fucking neighborhood, it's a battlefield.
We're gonna ante up and do something about it? Oh, yeah. 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 Goddamn right. Good motherfucking evening, everybody. How's everyone doing? Thank you all very much for tuning in to a special, a special episode of the Eagles Nest tonight, guys. With me, as always, I got my boy Akila the Eagle, and joining us tonight is Mr. Pure Power and Chris from the the infamous, <laughs> the infamous NSC One Three One. How's everybody doing tonight, guys? Well, good, man. Thank you for having us. Doing no, good, thank, man. thank you guys very much for coming on, Akila. We got you too, Bubba. Yes, sir. I'm here. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, man. First of all, we're going to say what's up to the chat. What's up, Night Nation? Uh, who else we got here? Mario88. Tipsy, what's up, Bubba? Whitewall, what's up, bud? Robert Pyle, what's up, brother? Uh, who we got here? I don't know how the fuck you say that. B-B-S-T-E-R. <laughs> what's up, bud? Thanks for stopping by. I've never seen you here before, but thanks for being here. Wiggy Dog, Turbo Spurg, what's up, fellas? Uh, so let's say Bounded by God. What's up, buddy? Thanks for being here. Deus, <laughs> Deus Gavalt. <laughs> what's up, buddy? That's a funny fucking name. Whitewall, what's up? I already said what's up to you. Travis, what's up, bub? Einstein's Grouper, what's up, buddy? Pinsky, what's up? Homa Talk. Hey, dude, I didn't know you had a Telegram. I just followed your Telegram today. I didn't know you had one, man. Uh. Anyhow, what's up, family? What's up, chat? How are y'all doing? Thank you all for being here. Let's get on with it, guys. Tonight, we got the guys from NS131. You guys have seen them. Uh, <laughs> you've seen uh, the Dropkick Murphys thing. You've seen this Saint, the beautiful, amazing St. Patrick's Day parade, man. But before we get into all that, man, uh, I guess we'll start, with, uh, we'll start with Chris, man. Since, you know, Pure Power, you got uh, the gym thing going on. We'll start with Chris, man. Uh, how did you first come into, like, for me, I've told, I've told my story a million fucking times. I kind of basically came in from the, through the conservative proud boys uh kind of pipeline or whatever the fuck you want to call it that's kind of how i made my way here uh been around since we'll say 2016 right because if it was 2015 it was late as fuck you know what i mean in 2015 so i'll say i've been around in this thing since about 2015 man but how'd you how'd you get make your way here brother uh pr pretty similar as you know what you described i was a proud boy um joined patriot front soon after that uh, i think i joined the proud boys in 2016, joined Patriot Front in 2017, um, and was there just till 2019, 2020 or so, um, and we've been on, you know, the NSC stuff ever since. 
that's about when you guys started doing your thing, right? In uh, 2020? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so is 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 you guys' thing, is it strictly a New England thing, or are you guys allowing it to, to spread on through the rest of the country? <clears throat> uh, yeah, we're, we're a, a New England-only group. Um, nice. We started, you know, originally as a New England-only group, and we opened up to uh, having clubs around the country and around the world. Uh, but now anybody under the, like, the NSC label is uh, going to be in New England, at least for now. Nice, man. I actually think that is a pretty good idea, honestly, to have like a regional thing like that. Uh, I actually think that's probably a, a good way to go about it. You know what I mean? That way it's regional. You guys can keep more of a handle on it. You know what I mean? And, and also, I feel like it makes for a tighter community, right? It makes the bond better because you're able to actually, you know, uh, regional character is a thing. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, like Northern, Southern, Midwestern, they all have their own character and their own culture and kind of their own thing. We're all white, but still, you know what I mean? It's it, you, you build a bond better with a, with a regional brother, at least faster. I shouldn't say better, but maybe faster, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you get a better uh, handle on the situation being, you know, closer and dealing with a smaller piece of pie, per se. Um, and, yeah, you really get, get to get into the nitty-gritty of uh, the issues, you know, if you're just focusing on, one region rather than you know the whole continent pretty much right exactly 100 percent. trying to uh so yeah trying to maintain all that so pure power we got you brother <clears throat> uh-oh yeah Sorry, no, no i know I you got that. a situation going on bro uh you take your time no worries at all i was just gonna ask you man uh about how long you've been in uh let's say let's call it the dissident uh right um and how'd you get your way over here, Rob? Sorry, that's for that's for me. No, pure power. Okay, okay. I I, I dipped away for a moment. I apologize. He might be uh tied up at the gym. Oh shit! Yeah, I thought I, I thought I just heard him talk. That's why I said that. That was me. Apologies. No, I, I just oh. stepped away for a second. I thought I missed something. <laughs> okay, no, no, yeah, no you're sorry good about that. No, Along you're good. that subject, uh, John Lowe, I mean, it's a challenge in Canada. It's, it's, it's such a large geography, right? It, like all, everybody piled up along the border across like the whole width of the continent makes it a little bit tough to manage. So I agree with you on the regional subject. Yeah, man, because that's always been kind of, uh, you know, my grug vision of the way forward, right? A bunch of regional networks that just uh, don't even... You know, here's my thing. Like, I'm not expecting everybody to get together and, you know, fucking fuck each other's sisters, right? And go out and go out eating tonight, every every night together, right? But is if we could just get these, like, regional networks, say, you know, uh, the NSC guys and, you know, the Patriot Front guys and all these things to not even necessarily work together, but just agree to move in the same direction, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, march toward the same goal. Right, that is my vision of the future. Right, it is like these loose or um, tight regional networks with loose, uh, I guess, loose affiliations. Right, uh, communications in a way that if anything bad happens, we can communicate and help one another. Like I've said before, like white social support networks. Right, this is what it's all really about to me. Right, that's what all of this shit is about to me because. Th th this shit, this shit isn't getting any better. Right, we'll get to that in a minute. But that's what this whole thing is about, in my opinion is building white social support networks where uh, we may not all be a part of the same thing, but if we see a white brother in need, we, we can activate and help them. 
right? Say, uh, say even on like the more like I've talked about before, not even in like a uh physical like action situation, but say, uh, like a like white tuber, he's down there in Florida. They get wiped out by a fucking hurricane. Now he's homeless with all those fucking kids. You know what I mean? We should have the networks and 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 uh affiliations necessary, the network set and affiliations necessary to get the resources to him. I like to think of it like this. Have you guys ever looked into like mushroom networks, mycelium networks? Uh no. So there is I know everybody thinks this guy's a faggot, and fair enough, he is a faggot. But Joe Rogan has an episode with a guy by the name of Paul Stamets. Paul Stamets is an expert in mycelium, which is mushrooms. And he talks about how these mycelium networks are the largest living organisms on the planet. And the way they manage resources is like, so they will be connected over, over like hundreds of yards, miles, right? These, these huge mycelium networks. And they are able to figure out which part of the mycelium networks needs the resources the most, right? And they will pass those resources through this entire network. As it goes through the network, none of the resources will be used up by the, the, by the part of the network, network that it flows through. And they will transfer those, those resources, right, the, the food, for lack of a better term, to this particular part of this mycelium network. And they all work in conjunction, right? And, and this is a network that is sometimes, I mean, unfathomably big for, for like, the size of, like, a mushroom uh, network, right? And it all communicates, front, you know, from one side to the other, flawlessly, passing the resources to where they need to go, right? <clears throat> and I think we could... We need to set up something that functions like that. This huge network, some parts of it aren't even really connected in any way. But through this, you know, neural network, for lack of a better term, we are able to funnel resources where they need to go and actually be uh, a, a social support system for one another. Because this fucking, th- the U.S. government and, and any government of any white country, they're not coming to fucking save us, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? If anything, they're right. they're hell bent on destroying us, man. So that is kind of like my, you know, I guess, you know, grug vision for the future, right? These 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 local networks that are uh, interconnected, even if loosely enough, to to be there for one another when the time arises. You know, absolutely. And you know, like you were saying, I think we need uh, you know regional groups for obviously each region of the country that are you know, building up their, uh, their regions, their states, their communities, their towns. Um, and once they establish themselves, you know, they're, they're in communication with each other, you know, as we are with, with different collectives around the country and, and around the world. And uh, we can offer our support in numerous ways. Um, but that support has to be there, uh, as you said, because if we can't secure our own people physically, financially, uh, informationally, uh, we know we're nothing. So, there definitely has to be that level of uh, of coordination, and it's almost very similar to how you see Antifa operate. Yeah, you know, there's no overarching national central, you know, Antifa group, but these are all different collectives of of people with the same vision, and they work in tandem with each other autonomously, um, without even taking, without even getting orders, bro. Exactly autonomously, like when anti when a situation happens, Antifa knows what to do. Right. They don't really necessarily need orders. 
right? They know when to go tear shit up. Like they, they just they do it like you said, in, instinctively and autonomously. You're 100 percent correct, bro. Yeah, and this is something that we'll build with time. You know, as we build like these active clubs, uh, you know, NSC, uh, these White Lives Matter chapters. You know, these are going to be these separate teams. You know, spread out around the country, and it's important that. We're all on the same page, working towards the same goal. And if anything happens, um, and any one of us are in a position to to help the other, you know, we definitely must go to any uh, length we can to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of roll it back a little bit, um, what? So what are some things you have learned in in kind of going away from, uh, you know? So well, first of all, let me ask you this, so I'm not mistaken. Did, are you the one who started one three one, or at least a part of one of the guys who started one three one? And if you don't want to answer that, bro, that's totally fine. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but I just was curious. Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, I was here for the beginning of NSC, and and I've I've been here since. Okay, so what are the like so? First of all, like, what made you decide to, like, come out from under these other groups and jump into doing activism yourself, like, being in, in the lead, right? Because, like, for instance, I know a lot of guys join groups like NSC131 and Patriot Front and these other things because they want to help. They want to be a part. They want to be active. But they don't necessarily know how to, like, they were never the kind of guy that would go out and, like, start his own active club or something like that because for like don't really know how to go about it. So, like... How did all that come about? Like, what made you jump forward? And then, like, how how hard was it to come into that and get it active and get it rolling and and, and actually get traction and things like that? Yeah, and it was it was pretty organic. I mean, like I said, I'd I'd been in, you know, a few different groups, um, but I'd spent a lot of different like time uh, in all of them individually, um, and I like, got to know you know the strategy, got to. Uh, you know, meet people, learn the ins and outs of what we were doing. And I, and I got to be, you know, about that to the fullest degree that I could. And I think a lot of people find in this movement when they spend a lot of time here, you know, you'll have the perception that you're working with people who want, you know, the same thing as you. And, and the more time you spend, uh, you know, doing, doing your thing, the, the more likely you're going to diverge on, you know, on that path of like where you want to go. Um, See, that's kind of what happened with with some of the recent groups uh, that that me and others have networked with in the region. Um, you know, there there was no like big uh, overarching issue with what they were doing. It's just we felt that we could do a little bit more. Um, and also, like you said, with the regional focus, um, you know, we're all New Englanders, and we wanted to do something for New England and represent New England and and be involved in New England's uh, issues and New England's defense. And there's nobody on earth that can do that better than than us, you know, and, and vice versa. Like we could never do, um, you know, Southern nationalism. Right. Dixie nationalism. Right. nationalism. And we'd never try, you know. Um, so it just kind of it just kind of happened that way. I mean, you know, eventually you, you know, you acquire you know, this network from going through different groups and being around a while and making friends. Um, and you just pick up on things on like what works and what doesn't and, and you know, researching what comes out through the movement, not only in America, but in Europe as well, like with the different hooligan firms and activist groups over there. Um, you know, we've drawn a lot of inspiration. So it was very organic. It, it was never really something that I or power or anybody else 
I think ever really set out to do, you know, start our, our own group. And um, I, I think it just sort of happened that way by. Yeah. Just by hanging with the boys and shit, huh? Yeah. 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 And it's, it's not, um, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty like laid back, you know, we, we have a good time and, and I mean, you know, we, we run a tight ship. We, we don't have any, uh, you know, leaks or infiltration or anything like that. We, we don't deal with the arrests or, or anything, but you know, we have a good time and, you know, we're not like, uh, you know, tyrannical or anything, you know, it's a social club of friends that, that have the, uh, you know, the same vision for the way forward, but you know, it, it's not, uh, it, it really wasn't that difficult. And I would definitely encourage people who may be uh, disenfranchised with what they're doing or, or, you know, what they find themselves in now, um, you know, definitely don't be afraid to, you know, make your own channel, you know, make your own material, you know, do stuff with your friends. Uh, there's never too much activism. So, you know, every, everybody's got their own, own vision and, and you, know, well, you never know if it could, if it could click, you know, you just have to go out there and try. Well, and the thing about everybody having their own vision and kind of what you were talking about of seeing the way some other people worked and not that you, there was anything wrong with what they were doing. It just wasn't kind of, it wasn't your, it wasn't your style. Right. And and that is a good thing, man. Like I am an advocate of all of it. Right. You know, I, you know, I like you guys as rough. I personally, because I'm, and I think this has a lot to do with like, um, I think a lot of it has to do with like a class uh, separation in our thing, and I'll get to that in a second. But I like the the rough and uh, tumble aesthetics that you guys got, right? I think your fucking aesthetics are air fucking tight. I love it. I also like Patriot Front's aesthetic, but to me, it's like Patriot Front's aesthetic is amazing, um, but it's kind of more, uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way towards you guys, but it's kind of more formal, right? They do like just the marches, and they've got like this this whole formal. They've got the drummers and all this thing, and it's more formal. And your guys' thing to me is more like a working class revolt kind of deal, right? You guys are going to appeal more to guys like me who are rougher dudes who like to get out there and mix it up. You know what I mean? And right. Patriot Front will uh, appeal more to the guys who are like into that uh, Lady Columbia type of old school. And I like, I love, I'm a sucker for that shit too, right? Uh, that kind of uh, patriotism, right? Uh, marching in the streets, putting on demonstrations with old Americana symbolism. Right. Uh, so in my opinion, I think both of those things are extremely fucking necessary. Right. Because we have such of a, a spectrum of, of classes in our thing. Right. We have everywhere from from gutter punks to to straight up fucking upper middle class doctors, kids. Right. In our thing. And you're never going to get the other the upper middle class doctors, kids to understand why the, the middle class son of a plumber likes to kind of go out there and, and get his hands dirty and mix it up and, and be a little bit rougher, right? You know what I mean? Uh, right. Like, so that's important to have those two different things, and they both serve a purpose, and they both sh should be uh, encouraged, in my opinion. No, for sure. It's a, it's a multifaceted, uh, you know, struggle that, that we're in, and, and I think you're right. With NSC, we're, we're not trying to be, you know, super professional or um, – ideological or anything like that you know we're intrinsically hooligan um and we embrace that not only as an image but as a as an organizing principle you know looking at at the hooligan groups in europe uh these aren't in, like implicitly political groups you know these are like essentially men's clubs that you know fight and like train and uh 
A lot of them are intrinsically nationalist and they defend their own communities against Antifa, against BLM. They defend their, you know, their monuments and their, and their people, you know, they like beat up cops and, and, you know, all this other crazy (laughs) stuff. And you look at, you know, the tangible, uh, things that they provide, you know, they provide a lot of security and a lot of, uh, you know, advocacy for, for their people where they're strong, you know, like in the communities where some of these hooligans firms are, are large, uh, you know, there's no Antifa or BLM, like none of their BLM uh, demonstrations are leading to, you know, white monuments being destroyed or white people being attacked because there's, you know, actionable, you know, working class social men that are there at the right place and at the right time to, you know, prevent these things. Um, and we're much more of a metapolitical organization uh, when it comes to politics. You know, obviously we don't have traditional uh, political aims in terms of holding elected office or anything like that. You know, we definitely want to drive uh, a culture of, of, you know, white, you know, white strength and, and white aggression. Um, yes. And with that, you know, we can do great things for our people, you know, going into the future. But it doesn't include, you know, holding political office or pushing some new, you know, isn't really. It's more just about building the culture behind our people and and where we're going. But, yeah, I I definitely see the need for, you know, more cleaner cut, more ideological, uh, you know, groups like that. And, And I think what they do is important. And... You know, I, I don't think the guys that are over there necessarily want to be doing what we're doing. And the guys that are over here, you know, I don't think necessarily want to be doing what, what they're doing either. You know, so it's not it's not really a um, a competition or anything like that. It's just. No, not at all. No. From all different angles. I think it's you know, I don't think it's a competition at all, at all either. I think it's a necessity, you know, uh, even like. <laughs> For for everything that people like to say about the GDL guys, even the shit they do, I like. I mean, it, it, I like it. I think it's fucking hilarious, dude. I seen those guys fucking dressed up in a during Halloween. Those dudes were running around in a fucking pink like uh, unicorn outfit right. with a thing strapped to the front of it that said the Holocaust is faker than this unicorn or some shit like that, and just trolling people. And and you know this this shit's funny, you know what I mean. Take it for what it is. I um, you know, I I tried to uh, kind of like be a like a you know a stay in your lane nationalism. You know what I mean. Let these people do what they're doing, man. As long as they're not actively hurting anybody, you know what I mean. Uh, you know, uh, I yeah. support them all the way. You know what I mean. And that's kind of my thing there. That's what I'm talking about here with these these loose networks, and and everybody having a role. You know what I mean. Everybody having a role because. Some people are like that, you know, it just the, the reason these things are so important is because we need something to attract to all personality types. Right. Uh, not everybody is like a square, straight laced guy that wants to be put on that image. Not everybody's rough and tumble. Some guys are just straight up uh, Internet trolls that end up running around in fucking <laughs> unicorn costumes. Right. You know what I mean? Like and, and everybody serves a purpose, man. So, yeah, I just that's what I'm hoping to see moving forward is that we can all kind of. Put it, put it all behind us, man, and then agree to move in the same direction, man. That's uh, that's what I'd like to see. But to get to something you were talking about when you were just talking, um, so back in the day, man, like what you guys are doing, like the look that you guys had at that fucking 
St. Patrick's Day parade was fucking amazing. That dude with his little son that came up and fucking like hugged y'all and was fucking stoked. You could tell that he was like thankful that there was a group of men out there standing up for his community because he had a son to, that has to grow up in this fucking place, right? All the old right. women taking pictures of you guys with their daughters. Because back in the day in places like Boston and, and well, all over the country, really, uh, that's what these, you know, now they'll portray these groups of like, uh, you know, like the white gangs. Like, so the only ones I had really have reference for are in my area. So in my area, everybody's seen the, the famous movie um, Outsiders, right? So they had like the Socias and the Greasers, right? And these were neighborhood gangs. But they weren't like running around robbing the neighborhood and shit, right? They were protectors. They kept outsiders out. They didn't let people peddle drugs in their neighborhoods, right? And that's a very similar thing to what you guys are doing, man. And the aesthetic that you guys had was fucking amazing because that's what we need back, right? We need our own people protecting our fucking neighborhoods. We need that back. That's something that we've lost. It's been browbeaten out of us in, in, in many cases, in many ways, but... We, we need to gain that back. We need to re-tap into that, our feral nature. We have been told and lied to and, and gaslit into thinking that we have to divorce ourselves from any forms of, of outward aggression, right? That right. white people are not allowed to be aggressive because when you're aggressive, that means genocide happens. So white people have been completely gaslit into completely divorcing themselves from any form of aggression. And aggression is healthy, right? As young men, we need that. Right. That's what I that's what I fucking tell my son all the time. Like, you have to be out there. You know, he plays ball. We box. We do all kinds of shit. And I was like, you have to have an outlet for that aggression or you'll end up fucking up. Right. You'll end up a criminal. You'll end up, you know, going off the rails. What the hell is that? I think pure power might be trying to talk. There's some crazy like wind coming through. Uh, But, yeah, you have to have an outlet for that aggression because it's natural in us. You know what I mean? So that's another good reason uh for these active clubs i think that is the most fucking amazing thing uh huge shout out to rob rundo and those guys and i i don't know if this was a thing before then but it was the first time i ever heard of it the first time i ever seen a thing like what what's going on with these active clubs was from the ram guys and i just think that's the perfect model that's the way forward dude that is a that is the best way to build camaraderie and you know a healthy mind can't exist outside of a healthy body right you have to have them working in conjunction in conjunction with one another and it's an easy way to get guys in, right? Like, I was listening to an interview fucking years ago, and Rob was talking about how he would talk to guys. He wouldn't even talk to them about politics at all. He'd just say, hey, man, you guys want to come fucking work out? Me and the guys spar in the park every Saturday, right? Guys would come working out, come out there, start working out with them. They'd invite them to a book club. They'd read some books with them, start talking about, you know, politics a little bit, throwing some things around. Boom, next thing you know, they got one. You know what right. I mean? And that's the way we fucking got to do this, man. And we have to start building these networks, man. But what I was getting around, I, I went off on a long spiel, but uh, I would, I want, to, I like to to push the idea of whites becoming feral sounds bad, but in a lot of ways, we have to get back into that feral nature, right? We have to be, get bent, we have to stop taking the shit. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, like you said, and of course, it, it's gonna, it's gonna sound bad. You know, a lot of the stuff isn't nice and it's not going to be nice and, and clean and and without consequence, you know, of course. But, you know, you're absolutely correct. You know, we need to, uh, you know, kind of, a, in my mind, abandon this like hyper ideological, optical, like movementarian uh, attitude of things. Like stop thinking about, you know, our political groups as, you know, like fake Republican parties. You know, these need to be like 
like white gangs, you know, and if we don't have, like you said, that that level of uh, ferocity and this level of tribalism, and not only that, but the localization of these factors, like we're not going to have, uh, you know, a good time going into the future if all we have for our movement is like banners and, and stickers. Like that's not really going to get us very far in a South Africa type scenario uh, that we're going to see ourselves in. You know, we need, you know, militant, actionable young white men that trust each other that are in large, you know, well-connected networks that are able to get to the right place at the right time where they're needed to, to secure our people and their communities um, and everything like that. So I'm a total agreement. You know, I think we need definitely to show a lot more teeth. And I think that's, I mean, that's the only way, um, you know, we're ever going to have any sort of coexistence with these people. You know, there's, 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 I guess, sort of three you know, outcomes that we have in the future for us is there's either, you know, some total, uh, you know, collapse of, of our system, which, which I view to be uh, unlikely, or, you know, we, we take over the government somehow, um, or, you know, the more likely scenario is we're going to end up like, like South Africa is, you know, it's going to be a slow, uh, very costly, painful, you know, war for existence, pretty much where, we're essentially dealing with the same rules as they are now. We're, we're surrounded by enemies and you know, we have to secure our own enclaves, our own communities and our own people. And it's, it's like simple as that, you know, that's not like a buzzword. Like the only people that are going to keep us alive are us, you know, and as Tom Sewell said, like the only justice that we have in this world is, is the justice we make for ourselves, you know, and by holding these people accountable and, you know, we need that that controlled aggression and that, and that confrontational attitude. And that doesn't mean, you know, we need to go out and get in trouble and start like wailing on people and doing stupid stuff. But, you know, we need to be present. We need to be where we're needed and and definitely, you know, involves a more militant attitude. Yeah, 100 percent, man. Yeah. Being being capable. That's what I've tried to get through. People said people kind of, you know, a lot of times. And this is a big reason why a lot of white people will, will never openly admit to seeing the world the way that we do, because they they uh, associate our thing. They associate, you know, quote unquote, racism or white nationalism or whatever the fuck you want to call this thing. They associate it with violent crime. Right. And that is the same association that a lot of our guys have with the term violence. Right. They think that violence all automatically begets crime. And it doesn't. When I talk about being prepared for violence and, and making yourself capable of violence, I'm talking about making yourself able to defend yourself when violence occurs, because the, the every fucking day in this country, it, you, you, it becomes more likely that you will be attacked by some fucking psychotic non-white. I mean, well, if you live in the city, that is. If you live in proximity to these fucking animals. Every fucking day. Our guys, like, the greatest deterrent... violence. Oh. Yeah, the greatest deterrent for violence is the threat of violence, you know? Like, yes. we're not going to have to uh, engage in, in, in conflict with our, with our opposition if... if they know that we're willing to go there, you know, and they don't know that now, but no, we build hey. up these networks, we build up our, our teeth, you know, and our teams, um, you know, they're going to think twice about, about taking these uh, stances that they do and like holding BLM rallies in white communities and, 
beating white people to death in the street. If they think, you know, dudes from an active club or NSC are going to come around the corner and like, you know, bring, bring some justice. So that's the only real level we ever have uh, workable terms with, with these people. Um, Absolutely. And like you were saying before Uh, with, with handsome truth um, and, and just like generally about solidarity, you know, you're absolutely right. Like, you don't have to like what everybody in the movement uh, does, you know, like, for example, some people don't really like rap music. They don't like, uh, I think you talked about this yesterday when you mentioned us uh, in Rob Rundo's use of rap, but, you know, you don't have to like rap music, but, you know, Mr. Bond is in prison and he's a white nationalist. He's, he's conducted himself honorably. So we should all, you know, come to his defense and help him however we can, whether you like rap music or not, whether you like, well, he's contributed to the movement or not. Like he's one of our people. And if we don't do our best for him um, and others, you know, who may have controversial uh, strategies or, or whatever, um, you know, then we're worthless and, and we're dead in the water. So, you know, absolutely. People are going to like different things in the movement, but it's important that, you know, we play for our own team and defend our own, our own people. Absolutely. And guys, I have seen your Kofi things. I am going to read them off here uh, in just a minute. I'll read them in like the last 10 minutes of the show. I'll read off all the, the donations you guys have sent through. But uh, to touch on something you just said about them, you said if they know we'll basically if they know we'll fuck them up, they won't try us. Right. Uh, oh, hold on. Just want to elaborate on your on your metaphor, you know, your 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 mushroom metaphor yeah um you know i i think there's some characteristics even though these in, on these large networks one side of the of the uh, of, of the network might not look like the other side of the network but there's characteristics that they share and they communicate through however they communicate i won't pretend to know but um the aesthetics right the the the, the most basic messages the notion of the cultured thug um the the especially in europe they've been doing it for a longer so they have something that's more uh organic and more embedded into the culture and rob did a great job of taking what dennis nikitin did with white rex and taking all the most important elements and translating them over to to north america so you know with with 131 and their aesthetic it's something that is also universal we can share it across right? and the different flavors and the different regions will give it their different takes and their different preferences and uh it's it's nothing but healthy um and 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 what's really crucial here i think what 131 is doing really well is they're again taking on um the elements that most people are afraid to take on and really trying to disperse those aesthetics disperse those ideas um and everybody's responding to it well Right, so I just want to just want to encourage you guys, man. It's, it's 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 the right way to go about it. We took the right elements and brought them over. Well, yeah, and that's kind of um, the way mycelium networks work is is basically uh, the best way I could comp- the closest thing I can compare it to is basically like a large neural network, right? But we could think of of like well, I've talked about this before, like rebuilding the white collective conscious, right, to where we automatically. Uh, just work in unison with one another, right? Like we used to. We used to have this, right? The white collective conscious is still a thing. We just have to reawaken it. But uh, to get back to something, I want to touch on uh, what Chris was saying a minute ago. He said something along the lines of, basically, uh, 
the best defense is a great offense, right? If they know we'll fuck them up, they won't try us, basically. That's my grug-ass way of putting it. And he said, and when he was saying that, he was like, and they don't think we will, right? They don't think we will fuck them up, basically. And he's right. So this was a few years back. Alex McNabb of The Daily Show went to a tranny, uh, a tranny book story time, right? A tranny story time thing. And he was interviewing one of these trannies or weirdos. I don't remember exactly who it was he was interviewing. But he asked them if they were uh, this. He asked this fucking freak if they were worried about any like Proud Boys or right wing groups showing up. And the thing fucking laughed and said, no, those uh, those right wing groups are paper tigers. Right. Basically, they're they're all blowhards. Right. They're bags of hot air. Right. That's the way they think of most uh, right wingers. Right. They think that they are just bloviate and aren't about no fucking action. And uh one day they'll fucking learn better. Right. No, and I mean, you know, getting back to uh, what what you were saying earlier, and not not to like you know Fed Post, but I mean, you look at these nah. uh, these non-white you know gangs that that are in our country by by the millions. You know these these gangs that are made up of foreign foreign nationals that really do nothing but like peddle drugs and extort people. Um, they're able to control like. In entire sections of, of like city centers, some counties, not necessarily, um, you know, like good places, but they control territory, you know, and they don't do it with ideas. They don't do it with uh, what's bleeding into good places. What is it? I said, but it's, it's starting to bleed into good places. Right, right, right. But, the, you know, my point is, is like, you know, like when we're talking about our struggle going forward like it, this isn't a struggle of ideas you know and like you said we have our uh our actionable elements already you know it's just about getting them you know at the right place at the right time which, which you'll hear me say a lot so yeah it, it's just not um it's not an ideological struggle um and and these people you know our enemies whether they be antifa black lives matter or you know, the Jews and in, in the media or, or wherever else, uh, you know, they don't take us seriously as of yet. In, in reality, they don't have a lot of reason to, um, you know, up until recently, uh, even look at Charlottesville, we had one big, you know, Unite the Right rally. And, and, and after that, we stopped for like three years. We were just done. You know, a couple of dudes went to jail. There were mistakes made and, and, and guys were done. You know, we lost what, you know, MS-13 loses in like, a half a day and the movement was dead for three years, you know, like that's not a winning attitude, you know, and granted it wasn't a very good, a good battle or, you know, properly planned, but, uh, you know, we really need to build these, these lasting networks that are into the communities and have, you know, a good connection with guys so we can have that lasting power, you know, cause if we're just going to be wiped off the map by, you know, a couple arrests or a couple of incidents, um, you know, we're not going to go anywhere. Like we need to be here for a long time and sustain our, our presence over where we're, we're trying to dominate. Um, and for us in New England, that's obviously, you know, our six States and our city centers, but, you know, if you're in the South, if you're in the Midwest, if you're, you know, if you're in like a big state, you know, you could make your nationalist group for, for your own state, you know, like, um, Keystone State Skinheads is a good example of this. They're they're a group out of Pennsylvania that's been around for decades, and and they're huge. They're like 50, 60 dudes. Um, they put on their own like shows. 
uh, their own like communal events. And they have, like I said, they have a network of like 60 like working class skinhead guys in Pennsylvania. Um, and, and I mean, that's more than like most nationalist groups have in the entire country. And that's just what these guys have in Pennsylvania. And it's because they've spent the time, you know, in the area, uh, tailoring their message, spending time in the communities. So that's just absolutely what, what we need to be doing. And all that culminates to is us having teeth, you know, like not being this, uh, this house of cards, you know, if we have these, these lasting networks with these support systems and we have these actionable men all on, all on the same page with, with proper direction, um, you know, I think, I think we could stop, you know, this war tomorrow, but it's just all about getting people, people on the same page. And that's obviously, you know, what we're here doing. Yeah, absolutely, man. And just to go back and touch on you talking about how um, these gangs, these these minority gangs have taken over certain parts of the country. Like a lot of people don't understand how bad it is. And even talking about when you were saying, uh, you know, some of these things won't help us uh, when we get to a South Africa type situation. It dude, this is one of my more uh, wacky opinions, I guess you could say. But can I mean, I don't I think we're worse than South I think white people are murdered by niggers more in America than they ever have been in South Africa, or at least here recently, right? There are more just r random fucking murders of whites by niggers in this country than there are farmer. And I'm not, I'm not diminishing uh, anything that the Boers are going through. I love the Boers. Uh, Boer Jack is a good friend of mine. I've talked about South Africa at length, and I, 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 I my heart goes out to the what they're suffering over there. It's fucking tragic, but. That being said, I still think more more white people are killed by blacks in America than there are probably anywhere else in the world. Probably anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Um, we are no different from Brazil. The only difference between us and Brazil is we still have a higher population of whites. I don't think whites are a majority in this country. I don't. I think we may be a plurality, but I don't think we're a majority. Um, but we have... Nigger gangs driving around in SUVs, hanging out of the windows with fucking Draco pistol, AK pistols, shooting it out uh, outside of restaurants, 150 rounds, and then making rap songs about it and becoming millionaires, right? Drug gangs running neighborhoods, ex-gangster disciples running for city council, Latin kings becoming fucking uh, getting their way into local governments. We are no different. The only difference yeah, is we have, yes, 100% power, 100%. It's fucking over. You know what I mean? We have to collectivize and start looking out for ourselves because we're the only thing we got. We need to be aggressive and we need to use calculated violence. That's what it's going to come down to. We need to stop thinking about all the books and all that. The people who had the time to read the books, they've already read them. Just enough of that intellectual bullshit. It's true. And well... Like you Go said, uh, um, w with these gangs and, and, you know, how we need to, you know, fix this. I mean, we talk about how we're going to spread our ideas and how, you know, we're not going to pander to normies. And obviously as NSC, you know, we don't, I mean, we use this, like the swastika and certain, certain videos, you know, where we're pretty honest about, you know, where we're at, but still we're able to have like really fruitful interactions with members of the public because, like what we're what we're putting out for messaging is stuff that resonates with people and our purpose is also aiming to provide something tangible to white people like we're not just trying to get them to like read our slogans or like read our articles 
Like we're there to like recruit people, be a presence so we can defend white people in their communities, you know? So when we're in a situation where, you know, a white community is being attacked by, you know, BLM or Antifa or, you know, whoever else, and we're able to, to, you know, step in and, and defend them, you know, it's not going to matter like, you know, how mean or, or, you know, how, like the rough edges on our, on our views, you know, that's not going to matter anymore, you know, to these boomers, they're going to be, you know, on our side very quickly, uh, you know, when they see that the only person, only people standing between, you know, them and, and the horde of uh, people that want to kill them are, are wearing, like, yeah. t-shirts, you know? The only like, thing protecting them from the disciples of St. George. Yeah, I mean, every, every issue we attack, they've they already made a stance against They just haven't done anything about it. Yep. One hundred fucking percent. Well, guys, we're at break time. I'm gonna read off. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my my mandatory shilling, and then uh, we'll run on to break. Uh, let me reset this thing. Uh, thank you very much, Smitty, uh, for the two Kofi's. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, man, we're gonna run to break. We got a good little break video. I'm thirsty as shit. I gotta go grab something to drink. And on the other side, we got uh, much more conversation coming y'all's way, man. Thank you all very much for being here. I hope y'all are enjoying it. We'll see y'all in just a minute. You see, it's not the blood you spill that gets you what you want. It's the blood you share, your family, your friendships, your community. These are the most valuable things a man can have. The main thing that we are fighting for is the preservation of the white race.
is guest power or what? We might not be the heroes you want. Right, to, to bug man. All to, right, yeah. and we are back, family. Thank you all very much for sticking it out through the break. I hope you all enjoyed the break. Uh, that was Hate Breed uh, before Dishonor. That was a little thing I actually put together. That used to be the intro to Fashion Friends, uh, but it's been too hard getting all that shit together, so I haven't done the Fashion Friends thing uh, in a while. So, yeah, I put those George Lincoln Rockwell clips into that Hate Breed song, man. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, somebody in the chat had asked something. I don't know. Anyhow. Yeah, we're back, guys. We got you back. Uh, Akila, I heard you right. We got you back, right? Yeah, I'm back. Chris, you there, Bo? Yeah, we're good. Mr. Pure Power, you there, brother? I'm here. Awesome. All right. We're rocking and rolling. So, uh, before we went to break, we were talking about, you know, well, actually, the whole fucking time, really, we were talking about the difference of tactics, uh, Becoming comfortable with the idea of uh, what defensive violence, right, or or what Pure Power said, calculated or whatever, calculated violence or whatever like that, and a lot obviously those things will turn some people off. Like we were talking about earlier, Chris, you know, there's a place for everybody. Some people like the more polished, uh, you know, kind of Lady Columbia kind of type look, and other guys are more working class and a little more rough and tumble, but. In my opinion, that is where the difference between unity and solidarity, because those are two different things, right? If you think about it, unity and solidarity are two different things. You know, uh, unity is what you guys have as uh, New Englanders with NSC 131, right? But you can show solidarity, even if it's solidarity through silence with other nationalist groups, right? Solidarity is just a, a sense of support and not tearing one another down. Right. And I think that's something we all need to get our heads wrapped around is the idea of looking past the, the small differences we may have with another group of, of white men who are ostensibly striving toward the same goal and just showing a little bit of solidarity, even if it's solidarity through silence, just shutting the fuck up and not shitting on one another. You know, I've, I've talked about this a bunch of times. I'll bring this up over and over and over again. Uh, when I was, I did a show a while back, this was probably two years ago, with a guy named Constantine Commentary and a buddy of mine, Ozzy Mozzy, and we talked about the Spanish Civil War. And when I was studying the Spanish Civil War, something that kept coming up over and over and over again was the disparities in ideology between the right-wing factions. And this one article I was reading said in there, he was, it, it was saying, you know, the right-wing factions that ended up winning the Spanish Civil War were more defined by their common enemy than one single ideology. And I think we could learn a lot from that, man. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't even need to go back that far to see that. I mean, look at, look at Antifa. You know, I mean, these are Marxists, Leninists, anarchists, uh, whatever, you know, coming together, you know, putting uh, their differences aside, being the mentally deranged. Uh, schizophrenic people they are, you know, they're able to put their differences aside, you know, to, to combat us, you know, and at the very least, we should do the same. Like, you know, not everybody in NSC is a Christian or a pagan or, or, you know, identifies with one label or the other, you know, all the time, uh, you know, entirely. But what brings us together is, you know, we, we need to recognize that, you know, not only uh, are white people a people, but they have Chris, I think we lost you, Bob. Can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, there we go. We got you back. 
Yeah. Um, we lost you right at saying not only are white people a people, but and then you cut out right there. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, no, I was just saying, uh, you know, as long as you realize like that we're people and that we have interests and we have enemies and you know who those enemies are and, and you're willing to work towards, you know, our defense and, you know, disorganization of our enemies, you know, there's really no need to, uh, you know, get all tripped up over labels and little isms and, and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, and, and part of, you know, a big part of identifying our enemy and knowing who our enemy is, and this is a hard pill for a lot of guys to swallow. And shit, it was for me for a long time because, you know, I had this uh, lofty idea that, you know, one day just all white people, this was years ago, you know, one day all white people would see the air of their ways and come together and at least tacitly support us, but that's just not the case. In reality, some of our most vicious opponents, some of our most uh, vicious battles are going to be with brainwashed and gaslit whites yeah, they're going white yes anti-white whites yeah they're going to be our biggest opposition and that is something that a lot of people have to to sit down and think about and internalize you know what yeah, i mean because antifa, you know people like that yeah antifa and and not even dude they're even it's not even antifa bub that's that's what i want people to realize there are straight up conservator boomers there are like the three percenter <laughs> types yeah. Uh, uh, these fucking weirdos, they will well, fucking. No. Yeah, the, you know the, what? The daughters have a black, a half black kid. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah. in in a lot of cases, you're more likely to see eye to eye with some fucking antifa dude, at least on social issues. You know what I mean? Than you are with some of these boomers. They are completely lost to conservatism, right? And they will fucking blow your brains out quicker than than some of these other than the actual identified enemy. You know what I mean? What's up, Mister yeah, Whitetuber? How you doing, brother? But yeah, I mean, people. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, John. It's, if you look at just the response from uh, from Dropkick Murphys, like just to get into that, yeah. just you know, it's these guys are like they profess to be right wing. They profess to be ethnic Irish. They present that you know uh, uh, as 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 American, pro American, pro Irish, and their first fucking instinct when they when they see any kind of fascism, right, is to is to is to fight, right, or to or to or to you know be be in opposition so the 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 right in 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 our in our countries is just as anti-fascist as the left that's the kosher sandwich if you're in the kosher sandwich you're an anti-fascist um and so you know i think it's important uh, to reason you, know, you can talk about reasoning by induction versus reduction right so you want to put in something uh, versus being in opposition to something so taken away so um you know we can present ourselves as a unified front by understanding who our enemy is, but we always want to remind people that we're bringing something to the table. We're, we're not necessarily in opposition. We're for something. We're the ones that stand up for something. And that's, that's yeah. an important small nuance, I think. Right. One, of the, one of the biggest things is leaving those types no middle ground to stand on with the, yes. hit, the issues you attack. Yeah, zero tolerance. Right. Zero tolerance, like very low tolerance for, for opposing ideology and having both the rhetoric and the, the influence in place. So it's social influence is very important. And 20 guys dressed like the way you guys go out is very influential. People want to see men gathering. And that's when, when ideas are presented or even just represented well, by a group like that. People are being influenced. It's very powerful. And they exactly. want to see they want to see that power. They want to see people cracking fucking heads. 
Young white men love to see a commie's fucking head split. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not promoting that for any Jews listening. I'm not promoting violence or anything like that. But that is why the fucking Proud Boys got so big. The Proud Boys getting, didn't get so big because people wanted to go drink and get punched on while screaming cereal boxes. That's not why they got fucking big. They got big because they saw fucking yoked-ass Proud Boys knocking Jews the fuck out in the street. And that's why they got big. Dude, young... Uh, healthy white men love that shit. That's why Ram got big. That's why the Proud Boys got big. And that's just the fucking reality. If you if you deny that, you're just not living in reality. That's why these these groups have gotten big. People, young white men, like to see a strong man figure, right? They love that aesthetic, and it attracts them. Masculine, yeah. man, and it's what's yeah. lacking today. You know? Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's not the top, top of the hierarchy. It's it's natural. Yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah, this is a narrative as old as time. I mean, might is right, you know, and like I said before, people worry about, you know, how many people are going to adopt their ideas or be favorable to us. But, you know, again, like they see us defending them, you know, whether it's like by crushing Antifa or Black Lives Matter or like, you know, keeping some like feral nigger from like burning their house down, like the, the landscape completely changed. Like, as I was saying to Akila in the break, like we can, we can literally demonstrate the framework of our conflict in real time, like in real life. Like we can, we can tell them all day long about the Holocaust and about fascism. They can read this or that, but you know, there's going to come a time where again, we're the only people standing between our people and the enemy is going to be us. Like, there's not going to be the police. There's not going to be the national guard. And if we, and if we stand, you know, with our people and defend them, um, you know, they're, they're really going to be brought to see, you know, the real framework of our, of our conflict. And, and we see that, you know, every time that we go out in Boston, you know, pe like people in the city know who we are. They thank us for, you know, an action that we did before, or if we're there, you know, dealing with boomers and, and, you know, they may not like our messaging or they may ask why we're wearing masks and they'd be a little freaked out. But all we have to say is like, you know, we're here to like defend you and make sure like if anti for a BLM comes, and like tries to give you guys issues like we shut that shit down like we don't have to agree on everything but like you know we're here for you and and that's like the same thing that goes back to the uh the dropkick murphy's thing like you know for them like it's it's like the the plastic patty you know crap like you can you can wear green on saint patrick's day and you can plastic listen patty. like this music with the bagpipes in it but like you can't like love being irish because like as rockwell said in order to love anything, you have to hate what threatens it. And that's obviously yep. what what uh, Dropkick Murphys is against. Like, we, we want to keep Boston Irish, you know, and they built the whole career on the like, plastic patty, like bullshit. So why would they be opposed, like, to keeping Boston Irish? You know, like, like that'd be totally nonsensical. But Yeah, those faggots used to put on kilts and they call you guys a dress-up party. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, yeah. This, this is just, like, what you know, what we're dealing with and, and – you know, there's there's going to be some people that we can't save. You know that that are going to be, you know, they're gonna they're gonna bite the hand that's that's trying to feed them to to the very end. But um, in large, you know, I think it's important not to be disenfranchised by by our people, by you know, by the normies per se, um, because because it's simple as like there there are people, you know, and if we're gonna you know secure the fourteen words or whatever, like we need them to survive to have the children. Uh, that we need for the future, like that hope um, for the next generation. And we also yeah. need, you know, safe communities for them to live in, safe schools for them to go to, safe parks for them to play at, safe restaurants for them to eat at, like safe events for them to go to. And the only way we facilitate any of that is by being, you know, being 
the the advocates our our people need us to be. Well, That's right. It, we need to lead. lead. I mean, more. Uh, uh, we need to lead as much as we lead our own families. It's an obligation. Yeah, you know? and being being out there in those communities, meeting those people, getting the hugs from the old ladies and their daughters and the guys and their sons and shit like that. That is how you win hearts and minds. And white people have this unique ability to, uh, you know, silently or even tacitly support people that they may not necessarily agree with all the way. They may not agree with their tactics, but if they agree with what they're fighting for, and a lot of times white people will support them. I've used the, this example at nauseum. Are you guys familiar with Eric Rudolph? Not familiar, no. Okay, so Eric Rudolph is uh, well, he's kind of a sketchy character. I'm not trying to be too weird, but he was the guy who blew up the Olympic Centennial Park. He was also a uh, abortion clinic bomber. Uh, and I'm not talking about the bombings he did. What impresses me about Eric Rudolph is he was able to tap into the hearts and minds of the people who lived in and around the Nantahala wilderness. He evaded the FBI for five years with their help. Because he would, he he was a Christian, right? A big part of what he was doing was fighting, uh, uh, you know, abortion, right? He would blow up these abortion clinics uh, from a Christian point of view. He wrote these these letters called "Army of God," you know what I mean? And he tapped into the hearts and minds of the locals around there, and they hid him, they fed him, they told him where the fucking FBI had been searching, and they helped that guy evade capture for fucking five years, knowing what he had done. You know what I mean? And none right. of those people agreed with that. None of those people want things blown up right that's not what they wanted at all but they knew that he was fighting for something that they believed in and while they didn't agree with him they also didn't think he deserved to go to prison forever right so they helped him right and that's something we could learn right obviously don't go do dumb shit guys i'm not saying that don't go fucking ruin your life that's retarded but learning how to tap in and meet people where they're at and 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 gain their trust and win over their hearts and and you know what i mean Get into that. That's what hearts and minds is about. That's what that means is winning over their heart and getting into their mind. Right. And that's what we have to do. And that's not it's not a bad thing. Right. It sounds kind of like shady and, and conniving, but it's not. It's a genuine thing. Right. That's how you build relationships. Yeah. I mean, if you look at our our recent actions over the past year, I mean, we've, we've taken stands against CRT, critical race theory, against various anti for organizing hubs against, you know, bring women's hospital for implementing anti-white preferential health care treatments, drag queen story hour, uh, you know, shit like that. These are things that any white man of conscience is, is on board with. It's not like we're cucking, you know, and talking about like irrelevant shit to like, you know, kneel down to, to, to normies or whatever. Like, these are things that, that resonate with us, resonate with them. And, and if we can hit these issues, uh, it shows them, you know, like power said, leaving them no middle ground that like, the only people attacking these issues and the only people willing to defend you are, are us, you know? So it's like, the only thing that we have to get across is that like, we're on their team. Like, like, you yeah. know, we're, 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 we're your advocates and we're playing for your team. You may, you may not have to like everything about our views. They may be, you know, mean, you know, air quotes or, or whatever, or rough edges, but you know, we're, we're it. And, and as soon as they're brought to that understanding, I, I mean, that, that it's over, you know? And uh as you said with the people at the parade you know it's like state the obvious like when we're talking about community defense we're talking about disrupting anti-fo organizing like what if we got in a fight like with with anti-fo and blm like on, on that old lady's street you know like is she gonna call the cops on us and like testify against us or not you know and it's like it comes down to 
well, what is her view of us? Like, what, what does she think of NSC? What's her perception of our purpose and our, and our image? And, you know, from what I can, as far as I could tell, like, you know, she thinks that we're, you know, just some, just some good, you know, young, you know, young men that love their heritage and, and love their city, you know, and, and care about their communities. And, and that's all it really is, you know, and if they have that perception, like we've already won, you know, we don't need to make them uh, scholars and the 88 precepts of national socialism, like that, that can come all, all later. We just need to, to secure our existence, you know? Yeah. And, uh, well, you, you, you don't fucking like, I've said this many times. You don't read people. You don't, you know, quote unquote red pill. I, I don't even like really using this thing. You don't bring people around to our worldview through ideology. You don't reality brings them around to our worldview and the ideology comes next, comes after that. Right. The, the ideology is downstream from the reality that brings them here, right? That's it, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, a simple psychology is, uh, you know, if you look, like I played a lot of hockey, you know, um, if you look how much people love the the fighters on a hockey team, right? Yeah. These guys provide protection. They provide insurance for the players that otherwise aren't are, have different jobs. Um, and everybody loves them for it, right? And they pay a high price. So, you know, it's a great analogy for it. Um, really simply, Boston people know all about that, right? So, well, yeah, and yeah. that's a, go ahead. No, sorry, John, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to speak to some of the, uh, the way you guys approached the, the messaging at the, at the fucking, uh, at the St. Patrick's Day parade. You know, you guys didn't go out there with like fucking, you know, uh, gas the kikes posters and all this edgelord shit. You know, you went out there with something that was very direct and everybody from that area knew exactly what you meant. Keep Boston Irish. They knew you wasn't talking about no fucking, <laughs> you know, they, they knew Black you were Irish. talking about white people. When you said keep Boston Irish, they knew goddamn it well you meant keep Boston white and they agreed yeah, with they you. Yeah, they mean Nigerians, you know? Yeah, you got Nigerians yeah. in Ireland now, you know? It's, this is fucking, it's unbelievable hold to on. me, man. You, you look in Ireland and they've, got, and they've got a hold Nigerian. On, hold on, Nikhil. Hold on, Hold that thought. Back. No, hold that thought. All right, guys, I'm sorry about that, man. I am really sorry with uh, everything that's going on. No, I wasn't muted. I was waiting until we came back. I wanted to. I was waiting until I seen myself on stream. I'm really, really sorry, guys. Uh, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, it just drops. The stream just fucking everything's fine, and then it just drops. I don't know if it's Odyssey or what. But uh, anyhow, speaking of, uh, what'd you say? I was going off about Nigerians in Ireland. <laughs> yeah yeah they knew uh like that one nigger who was that fucking a while back there was like some report uh there was some like fucking report and they were talking about niggers in uh ireland that had been there for like generations and how they're actually irish and all this like get the fuck out of town dude you know ain't no fucking irish there. that's like a while back that fucking weirdo richard spencer talking to that fat nigger in britain did y'all see that and he was like, you're not no, British. Sure. And he goes, you're so you're British. He's like, no, you're not fucking British, bro. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, but to get, I want to talk about the Dropkick Murphys thing real bit, real quick, uh, just to kind of shit post and talk about some goofy shit for a little bit. So I saw the thing where they were like all butthurt that you guys used the song. But what happened after that? Now, I'm going to tell you what I've pieced together from seeing shit on Telegram and stuff like that. So the way I understand it, they got all butthurt about you guys using this the song. Talk shit. You guys told them basically, hey, you know, if you want to fucking, if you want to do that, we can do that. And then they, like, announce a meetup place for, like, Antifa people to show up and all kinds of cops. They, they turned it into, like, a parade, basically. Is that, is that, am I understanding this correctly? 
Yeah, pretty much. You know, they they tried to like pretend they were going to be like old school tough guy and like give us, you know, time and place. But, you know, they sent us a cease and desist letter to our email, you know, with their Jewish law firm. And we told them, you know, the same email you sent your cease and desist letter to, why don't you contact us, you know, for a a time and place that we can meet up and, you know, talk about this, you know, of course. Um, and, And like, it doesn't, you know, you don't need to be like, you know, some uh i don't know revolutionary to understand why you can't have a meetup like that like publicly promoted right like it's going to be a million cops there and the ends aren't going to be met like we're, yeah. we're not going to be able to fight like there's going to like there was boston special operations police there joint terrorism task force i mean we had yeah. spotters there from like 10 in the morning up until like one in the afternoon and the cops started showing up at like 10 30 like two hours before the event was even <laughs> supposed to start and you know again these guys emailed us to send us a cease and desist letter we told them like email us like you know we'll we'll get a private time and place and like we'll meet up like your crew and mine but of course they don't actually have a real crew or any real ball so they had to import all their uh you know all the garbage in from twitter and and all that and totally totally ruined it and that's a pussy move in and of itself right that's the guy who like waits for the security guard to come around to start talking shit you know what I mean? They yeah, do goddamn it's a good. Dry snitching, like yeah, it's, it's like a one yeah. degree of separation away from just like rat. That's like that's like the faggot that says like, oh, he's like waiting, he's praying to God somebody will hold him back so he don't have to fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah, exactly yeah. what that is. Like I'm gonna announce this this meet this place to meet up and fight on my fucking Twitter, uh, and and so now these these normal working class guys are expected to come meet up with fucking superstars to fist fight them after they announced it on their Twitter. Like, get the fuck out of town. They, they fucking knew what they were doing, those fucking faggots. They knew exactly yeah, what they I mean, were doing. And we had a pretty good, you know, team, like, ready to go. It was, like, 20, 25, 30 dudes. I mean, on two days' notice, I was really happy with that. But as much as we would have liked to have gone and, you know, show we were, you know, un- unafraid and didn't give a fuck, it, it would have been stupid, like, to, to walk in there fuck with yeah, dude. the layout being what it was. So, you know, burn my ass a little bit, but... I mean, you look on Twitter, the, the commies are getting, like, run down by the cops, and they're, like, freaking out, arguing with people. A total shit show. Like, uh, Yeah, you would have been retarded to show up there. That was a total – I mean, that's a setup. For them to, to, to announce it on Twitter like that was 100% a setup. You guys all would have been booked. Y'all all would have went to jail. 100 fucking percent, dude. That would have been retarded to show up there. But that's just – you know, that's, that's what it is, though. That's exactly what it is. It's the guy – Praying to fucking God somebody's around to hold him back so he doesn't have to fucking bust a great fucking fags, man. But they uh, couldn't do a push up. They couldn't do a push up. They're old. They're drunk. They're clowns. They're probably, degenerates for twenty five years. Probably you like know, fucking crazy. snorting, snorting fucking oxycotton and shit. Massachusetts is a small place, so you know. Well, you know, it, it, it's it sucks that we don't live in a world anymore where that can just be done. A couple groups of guys decide we're going to engage with one another, and the cops just stay the fuck out of it. Let them, you know, let them do what it does. Like, you know, Akila and I were talking about this the other night, just offline. We were just talking about shit like this, and I was like, dude, where I grew up, a lot of times people got fucked up bad. Like, I can remember one inc- incident that I was telling him about where this kid got his fucking head kicked over and over and over into the rim of a tire, and he's still fucked up to this day. He was never the same. Nobody got in trouble. Right, because that's just where we were like that. We were just rough kids, right? We came from fucking poor neighborhoods. The cops don't get called in those areas. You know what I mean? Like people don't right. call the fucking police when shit like that happens, man. 
So, we're not dealing with honorable people or living in an honorable system. I mean, I mean not only are these people, uh, you know, vermin by by character, but they're anarchists. You know, they, they believe that there are no bad methods, that there are only bad targets. You know, so, you know, coordinating with the police, like, you know, attacking people's families, uh, anything goes as long as the target that it's being directed at is is right, you know, so us, any, anything goes. So they can they can challenge us to a fight, you know, call the FBI there to give them security. We don't show up and then like, you know, champion that as a win on Twitter after with no shame, no shame, you know, because they, in their mind, you know, it's a PR win. It doesn't have to be true. You know, it's just what their, their drones on, on Twitter are gonna, you know, like and, and retweet. So, you know, I mean, they're, they're definitely clinging for, for something after our last, uh, you know, I mean, every interaction we've ever had with them has, has resulted in them hiding behind the police, getting, you know, shoved around it and dealt with. So, yeah, this, this is as close as of a thing that they could, uh, you know, muster up as some sort of a victory. You know, we didn't show up to the honeypot, but it's, uh, it's very telling, you know, I mean, I mean these, these people aren't, uh, conservatives like they understand OPSEC they understand like revolutionary organizing and they know like they took the loss like they they showed up to basically a honeypot and they got their own people identified like arrested their cars searched and you know they understand as well you know, a gorilla's uh greatest greatest weapon is surprise you know and, and we didn't give that up for anybody so I think uh you know they're they're coping hard and and it's uh it's been a good good thing to see on Twitter and and I'm glad that we've gotten you know all the support I'm I'm honestly surprised people like the uh the St Patrick's Day thing so much I honestly thought we were gonna get some flack for that because I know yeah there's there's like the Anglo Irish beef which I get it's probably more of a meme but yeah. it was supposed it was supposed to be like a, a regional thing that you know people locally would really care about but I didn't expect anybody in the movement to really uh you know, take, uh, take such a shine to it. Well, to be honest, I, I like what you're saying there. Um, as far as the sort of the difference between the, the, the sort of the Irish, um, and the, and the Anglo, um, cultures in America, like, like Massachusetts and Boston's pretty unique with the amount of Irish there. And, you know, uh, New York's like this melting pot. And then you got the Midwest, which is a lot more waspy, you know, and, and also heavily German, but then, so you have that, that, that relationship as well, you know, and we know that relationship from the relationship in Europe. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think a lot of them, maybe that, that more like, like John was saying, Lady Columbia, kind of like um, Americana aesthetics are appealing to Anglos uh, in a lot of ways, or at places where there's going to be more Anglos um, as an expression of, of sort of their nationalism. And, you know, it, it, place like like Boston has more Irish different sort of tone to the city you might see something different if you had if you had a group like yours like uh in New Jersey for example where you, where you have a lot of Italians or Long Island or something so um right. those and different flavors and that's why it's so important to be regional because it gives you a lot of freedom yeah. you know like we're we're you know NSC but we're also a New England nationalist group um you know we usually wear the black and tan and we and we can do different flyers with different slogans for each event you know different banners that may be more uh, overt than others. And, you know, we can switch in a green, you know, for the St. Patrick's Day thing and do something about keeping Boston Irish because it's still within New England's interest. So it's entirely, you know, coherent still. And we still have the right. flexibility to be able to cater our messaging and our, 
you know, image to, to whatever we're trying to achieve. Um, and as you were speaking to to Boston and the Irish, like, like yeah, we're, we're, I think, the only region in America where, like, the Irish are, like, a majority or uh, something like that, have, like, a really good representation or at least a majority of the uh, European heritages. Um, and, and that's, you know, I mean, me personally, I, I'm, like, 60, 70% Irish and, there's definitely a big sense of pride from that. I mean, you know, we've had the uh, the Boston busing riots in the 70s and the 80s, uh, you know, right here in Boston, long after the South had even, you know, kind of stopped, you know, their racial riots or reintegration. But here, they're trying to integrate the public schools. And we had, you know, white working class Irish, like, riots, like, like over that. And, you know, like, literal war on on the streets. And that, that sort of diaspora still permeates within within the region a lot, you know, like these, these older people, like that dude that, you know, dabbed us up with this kid, like he remembers a, a day when like, you know, like black people didn't walk through like South Boston and, and Southie or, or, I mean, uh, Southie and Charlestown and like parts of Dorchester at night, you know, like, and, and, and vice versa, like you didn't go to Roxbury at night, you know, like everybody had their own, their own section. And, yeah, and there sure as fuck wasn't no nigger selling heroin to their kids. No, absolutely. So, you know absolutely. what I mean? No, absolutely. And, and, you know, back in the day, somebody would have dealt with that, you know, and they wouldn't have been in, you know, a group, you know, and like had a uniform. But we don't have the same amount of people to be able to react to these things organically like we used to. You know, so we need these organizations to to fill that gap and provide that that uh, that service, well, essentially. Exactly. Right, we yeah. need those order. Though we need these these networks organizations to rebuild that sense of community solidarity and pride remember like remember block parties those aren't a fucking thing yeah. anymore because nobody yeah. trusts anybody no no group no nobody in boston wants to have a fucking block party with a bunch of niggers and puerto ricans right it's not even like, this day though boston is still one of the most segregated cities in the country it, and if you look up like boston racist uh there's like a million different articles i mean there's a lot of like racial history here you know a lot of things in our favor a lot of cultural elements um and they used to be a lot more concentrated in the city of boston but granted you know gentrification and, and rising uh, cost of living and stuff a lot of people have been you know forced to move to like the, the rural areas of the suburbs so it's not as concentrated but these people you know are, are still there um and they had kids and they have grandkids you know and more than likely they're going to be pretty favorable to uh you know what we're trying to do and, and that obviously shows with uh like the st patrick's day event and, and as you were saying earlier um the type of people that do you know the active club stuff the nsc stuff like what what we want to do uh you know it's not for everybody and the and majority of the people that come into what we're about doing you know didn't get their views from you know reading 4chan for too long or watching some like 30-hour documentary or like staring at memes, you know, like, like dudes in NSC, like these guys got their views from, you know, growing up in rough neighborhoods, going to public schools, like, yep, you know, you like using their eyes and like seeing the world for what it was and, and like their lived experience. And that's brought them to where they are, you know, not for being pseudo intellectuals or, or like nerds, you know, basically, like you said on the stream the other day. Um, and it's not that there's not a place for people like that. But there's no place in NSC for like that. Uh, there's no place in NSC for people like that. Um, 
and that's not a bad thing. You know, as, as I was saying to Akilah uh, in the break, you know, we're, we're merely a vessel for, for the big picture. You know, like we're the vanguard that aims to facilitate, you know, whatever change we may, uh, you know, push to implement in the future. But none of that's going to be able to happen without, you know, people there protecting you while you're trying to do that and like pushing your, your interest, uh, you know, maybe even physically. So, you know, that's, that's just what we're, we're here to do. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a one size fits all solution. Not everybody has to fit into the group. Not everybody has to be a part of it. Um, but we have to fill this purpose and whatever we have to do to get there, uh, you know, we, we must do. It's very important um, to realize that, um, you know, if we're professed to um, have like a, a, a leadership, like a head uh, or a leader to emerge, or or if you're doing organizational things and, and, and you're the head of an organization and you ignore the people at the street level, at the ground level, who are your insurance, ultimately, no political movement uh, is is viable unless they're acting as a proxy for a potential for violence, right? They have no, you have no political power if, if, if that's the case. And so if, if people that aspire to leadership um, in organizations and even for whites as a whole, um, again, if, if, if you're acting, um, you know, if you're confusing things like punditry with organizational behavior and politics um, and, you, and you're not walking that line very well, um, you're not respecting the people that ultimately are your insurance as a as a potential um, voice for for the people you're ignoring the people this is inherently like against fascist or national socialist values the most important thing is that leadership body is the representation of the nature of the people so we need to embody that so that the leadership can emerge and embody that for us as well no absolutely absolutely and and like I said it's important for people not to be disenfranchised with with our people like the normies quote unquote uh you know it's a long-term game with them we were all you know normies once and people will come around and you know as you were saying uh to um sorry i just got a a big message but as you were saying to the to the overarching uh principles there um Sorry, I'm shooting a blank. What what were you saying? Sorry, I got a message that popped up and I totally lost my place. No problem. I'm just talking about the leadership aspect and how that needs to uh, tie back into the representation of a potential for violence at the street level, you know, top down, bottom up, right? Oh, right, right. No, absolutely. And uh, yeah, no, there's just going to be well, I mean, solidarity, like you said, and I think I think people in our movement they they're they're afraid, you know, and and I'll say this like with NSC. Like we've, we've done a lot. We've been very confrontational and, and you know, achieved a lot of our goals. But we, we've suffered zero, like, organizational arrest. Nobody's ever been arrested for, like, gunshot, assault, disorderly conduct, any, anything like that at any of our events. We've never had, like, organizational leaks. We've never had really any sort of substantial legal issues of, of members. Um, just, just to prove that that's all, you know, possible and, and it's able to be done safely and sustainably. But... I think people are, well, I think we're getting out of this age in the movement where people were disenfranchised and, and they're, you know, they were advocating, you know, just buy land or just like move to the woods or you know, have a bunch of kids and like live in the woods and a bunch of land and like have a garden, you know, but like 
that's that's just like not a winning strategy you know people ask why we do stuff in the city so much and it's because like that's that's where our people are like this is where it's relevant you know like if we were to do what we did a couple weeks ago in boston if we were to do that in some you know suburb of of maine like nobody would have cared and also nobody would have seen it you know like more people in the suburbs more people in the rural areas see your actions if you do them in the city and if you do them where the levers of power are located you know city centers places of relevancy um and you, know, you look at any world leader you look at any successful political metapolitical ideological movement you know they, they've never been people that lived in the woods they were never people that like privately owned a bunch of land or had like a ton of kids like these were all men of action and they did everything that they could in, in the years of their life that they had to be at the ground floor of that action and to be at the front of it at every extent of the way, you know, to be the first one to, to you know, step foot on, on the field and be the last one to step off like that. That's what leadership is like, not, you know, neat articles or, you know, your cute garden or, you know, how, how many kids you have. And, and these are important things, but if we don't have, you know, this sort of structure that we, you know, we've talked about uh, the past couple hours here, it's all going to be a waste and it's all just delaying, the inevitable, you know, like like Randy Weaver and uh, that whole situation is a great example. You know, a very like-minded guy, actionable man, you know, moved to the woods with his family and, you know, was self-sufficient. But the system still found him and singled him out and, like, killed him in, in his family, like, in cold blood. You know, and the only thing that could have prevented that is if there was, you know, a dozen other or maybe more, a little bit less, you know, other Randy Weavers on that property, you know. And there was other people nearby that were willing to come to his aid and, and defend his property and defend his family. And, you know, it's a geographical thing. Like if, if you're in a more urban area, less like secluded in a rural area, obviously you're near more people that can come to your defense. You're able to mobilize more people to where the action is, where, you know, we're needed to defend our people and, and fill that role. So, you know, long story short, I, I really encourage people not to be, um, disenfranchised and to be and to be blackpilled you know like me power you know the dudes in nsc like we're not uh we're not geniuses we're not um statesmen you know we're, we're just like working class dudes from new england that, that want to see something happen up here you know and and we were able to do it and, and so could anybody else you know and it's all about putting in the work but there's nothing in the way of uh keeping us from that but ourselves yeah 100 percent, man and just to uh go back to what you guys were talking about about leaders and action uh, a couple of my local guys and i were sitting in my house the other day and we were talking we were talking about like the cult of personality and things that, that uh get involved with dissident politics and things like that and one of my guys was just like yeah but you could also say the same thing about like hitler or jesus and i was like well only if you don't understand motherfucker dude this thing just dropped again dude I'm going to bring it back live, and we're going to fucking end this thing. We're only 15 minutes out. Jesus Christ, what is happening, man? Sorry, it's been such a pain, bro. No, dude, it's not. I appreciate it. It's not it has anything. I'm sorry it's been such a fucking pain. This is unbelievable. No, no, it's all good on my end. We'll, like I said, we'll... All right, guys, we're just going to have to finish the recording off air, and I'll upload the thing later, guys. Sorry about all the problems, fellas. I don't know what the hell's going on, but uh, 
I don't even remember where we were at when we uh, when all the when all the problems happened. So uh, we did have one question in the chat that I kept seeing uh, over and over again, and guys were wanting to know, you know, how do they you know get vetted and get into NSC? Other than obviously they got to be up north, right? <laughs> yeah, right now that's that's really the big thing. You got to be uh, got to be in the area. I mean, you know, admittedly we are talking to people outside of New England that could head up you know, other chapters that aren't in New England that we trust, um, you know, to spearhead that. But at the moment, yeah, you, you got to be in New England, and that, that's kind of it. But, uh, you know, we strongly recommend, you know, if you're in anywhere in the country, you know, you can get involved with White Lives Matter, get involved with the active clubs, uh, shit like that. You know, there's, a, there's a lot of really good groups out there that, you know, we're in tandem with, communicate with, and share ideas with. Um so, you know, I, I'd strongly recommend getting into one of those and, and, you know, maybe down the line and NSC will open up and we'll always be open to, you know, dual membership, open membership, meaning like people can be a member of NSC and be a member of other stuff. So you can get involved in a group now and NSC could come along later that you could get involved with and there wouldn't be any conflict of, uh, of interest there. So definitely something to, you know, keep an eye out for. But at the moment, it's strictly a... Uh, a New England crew. Yeah. And I think I think we should actually try to start. I don't think it would be a bad idea for people to start trying to start up their own local and then maybe regional at most groups and then just be friendly, networking, uh, you know, uh, interfacing, communicating with other groups and just letting each other know that we have each other's back. We'll be over here doing our own thing. You do your own thing over there. And let's work toward this same goal of taking back our fucking country. Uh, but guys, thank you very much for coming on, man. It's been a great, uh, conversation. Um, shit, I can't, uh, think of anything really we haven't covered, man. Uh, let's start with, uh, Pure Power, you ain't talked much tonight. Do we still got you here, Bubba? Yeah, I'm here. You got anything you want to say on the way out of here, man? Any, any final words or anything like that? Any message to the people? I mean, Chris covered everything very well. I guess what I, I'll say is, you know, everything's going to start in your community. You got to be, you know, a stronghold there and you got to set a good example. Um, you also got to be prepared again for calculated violence and things you may have to do. Um, and I would say as far as, you know, things like telegram and people working together, we are the only community we have. We're not Antifa. We're not fucking, you know, liberals or Republicans or any of this bullshit that have, you know, support all over. This is all we have. So, you know, if something happens, we need to fucking have each other's backs and not fucking be in fighting and all that. Absolutely. I mean, we have the, uh, you know, the framework for success. So, you know, any white man, woman or child that that dies in America, you know, today or tomorrow, or the next day, that, that, that's on us. You know, we have the tools to prevent these things and it's, it's on us to, uh, to use them. Yeah. And we need to be able to like, so activism, the type of activism we do, what we do is more legal than putting up a sticker or some graffiti. Right. But there's possible consequences. We need to be able to learn that, we, the community needs to have each other's back. Say, guy gets arrested. They're a solid crew, solid group. We don't have even the option to make creative. No, oh, we lost. Sorry, you. Sorry, sorry. Uh, 
We lost you for a second, but I'm assuming you said we don't even have the ability to create like a GoFundMe or something like that to pay for their legal bills, right? Is that kind exactly. of where you go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So, well, no, and that's something yeah. I've always said, like, we really need to, to take inventory and stock of where we're at in this whole thing. Because right now, I think a lot of our guys have these, uh, I don't know, not to mean, I don't mean this in a negative way, but delusions of grandeur that like if everything fell down tomorrow, we would be able to sweep in and take power. We're in no fucking position to take power. Right now, if things fell down tomorrow and, 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 and the fucking pig American system fell, the left is in better position to take power than we are. We have There's to start. Be a lot of people crying. Yeah, 100%. We uh, have the reality to... is it probably wouldn't be fucking Joe Biden running, running your shit anymore. It'd be like some MS-13 warlord. Exactly. You know, unless we get our act yep. together. Yep. Exactly. And we have to fucking pull our heads out of our asses and start building the foundations and networks necessary to take care of each other when, you know, the proverbial uh, shit hits the fan. You know, not to be too cliche, but you guys know what I'm saying. Uh, Mr. Mr. Chris, do you have any parting words you want to say, brother? Uh, no, not really. I just want to thank you uh, and Akila for having us on. You know, thank all our supporters in, in New England and abroad and all our members that have made all this possible. Um, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today and accomplished what we have without you know, our loyal support from, you know, again, our, our supporters online and, and in our membership. So, uh, you know, we couldn't be grateful enough. And, you know, we're always here to uh, extend a hand and, and help whoever we can. So everybody knows how to contact, you know, me, Power. Uh, anybody has any questions or comments, concerns about NSC or organizing in their area, um, you know, we'll do the very best we can do to set you up. Oh, yeah. And, guys, thank you both very much for coming on. I really apologize for all the technical issues we've had tonight. I don't know what the hell is going on with it. I, I'm really not a tech guy, so I really appreciate y'all suffering through that shit with me, man. Uh, yeah. Mr. Akila. You got anything you want to say on your way out, brother? Um, usual few shout-outs. Uh, Fascist Fitness, uh, Red Wing Dumbbell Squad, uh, Active Club, Active Club Canada. You guys can find all that cool stuff on Telegram. Um, God bless guys at NNC131 for setting the example for the rest of us. And uh, God bless anyone who's working towards, you know, being better and, and uh, you know, uh, Weakness is abhorrent. We need to kill it with fire, starting with our, within ourselves. So, yeah, God bless everyone. Fourteen eighty. Hell yeah! Thank you very much for coming on, and thank you for getting all this shit worked out too. I really appreciate it, man. And guys, uh, as for me, man, um, I want you to. I want us to really start thinking towards solidarity, right? Start thinking as thinking of ourselves as part of the great wider collective stop thinking of ourselves as an atomized white person and part of the greater white people and realize what solidarity means we don't always have to like what somebody does but sometimes we just gotta grin and fucking bear it right because we're all working toward the same fucking goal we have work to do here guys and atomization is isn't going to help us in any way guys thank you all very very much for watching the show and as always take care of yourselves and take care of each other one people one struggle god bless y'all family Hell victory, bro. Yeah, hell victory. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out.
They'll come loud and they'll come fast. But we shoot first and we can last. Keep your rifle by your side. Sing in, oh Lord, this earth was made for us. Sing in, oh Lord, this sinful life just ain't enough. So we'll take a stand, cause we must protect our land. Keep your rifle by your side. They'll come day and they'll come night. Have our children in their sights, but if they don't have faith, their eyes are blind. They can scream and they can shout, but they can never stop us out. Keep your rifle by your side. Singing, oh Lord, this earth was made for us. Singing, oh Lord, this simple life just ain't enough. When we hear the voice, we know we have no Keep your rifle by your side. They'll have bombs and they'll have taste. They've got money in their base. But we won't fall as long as we can fight. They'll go on and reach their hate. But they won't get past the gate. Keep your rifle by your side. Sing it. Sing it, oh Lord, this earth.